What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Blue Wire. To the end zone, he goes. Where Sammy is. Boyd with a great fake. Touchdown, Taj. Hopkins throws to Boyd. Lean means touchdown throwing machine tonight, and he's got another one. Boyd. Welcome back to the Taj Boy Podcast. I hope all is going well your way and hope that you find a way to find some joy throughout the course of this day. Uh, let it be great for you. So I got a friend of mine joining me today. His name is AJ Marshall. He was an opponent of mine, played nickel and safety over at Wake Forest University, the Demon Deacons. We used to put it on him a little bit, but nonetheless, uh, he really is an intriguing guy to talk to. I always enjoy our conversations and dialogue. So Figure we'll jump into a few different topics. Uh, the first thing we talk about, as you notice, is going to be Cheer. Now, Cheer is a Netflix documentary that popped out. Um, it's really intriguing if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, it goes into more of a deep dive of what the sport is all about and some of the hardships that these athletes face. We also talk about bowl games and its relevancy throughout college football right now. Um, and we, we, we tie back into some of our experiences, so it's really cool there. And then we get into the Super Bowl, Kansas City Chiefs versus the San Francisco 49ers, what we expect to see out of that matchup. So kind of a hodgepodge. There are a lot of different life lessons throughout the course of this 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 podcast as well. So I'm excited to see what you guys think about it. Now, if you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Uh, we got some really cool things shaping up, and I would love for you guys to join me uh, on this journey. Any questions, you can always email me at thetajboydpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's thetajboydpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, really excited for my guests coming up here in the next uh, week or so, too. So stay tuned for that. But uh, nonetheless, here we go. All right, so I got my guy with me, AJ Marshall, knower of all things. And uh, he can have a conversation about just a little bit of everything, just like uh, I can as well. So I'm excited to have him on <laughs> today to discuss a few things. And, uh, you know, one of those is going to be the Netflix popular docuseries called Cheer. If you haven't watched it, you need to go ahead and check that out. It's very interesting. I think it, it shows the commitment and dedication more than anything within that sport. And yes, I said sport because for a long time I didn't believe that. But AJ, what's going on with you? What's man? up, man? What's up? Uh, I appreciate you having me for sure. And I definitely could say that I was kind of on the same page as far as not necessarily believing it was a sport. But after watching Cheer, I'm actually uh, pretty passionate about Cheer now. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, like uh, we was talking about we was on the phone prior to this, we was talking about, you know, Ladarius and his his athleticism mm-hmm. and how, you know, growing up in, in the part of the world that we did uh, within specific neighborhoods, we do, we see a lot of that. We see a lot of super talented guys, uh, especially African-American males who it's almost taboo mm-hmm. to even want to cheer. So for him stepping out of, out of his comfort zone and really saying that he wanted to pursue, pursue that was, was pretty inspiring to me. For sure. Um, because obviously, if you watch him, you see how talented he really is. And, so. I mean, seeing him and his story, man, just – it really makes you wonder what type of impact this will have moving forward. Like, I hope I hope a yeah. bunch of kids in those communities get to see this and see what they can do with that athleticism. I saw a small black kid uh, just recently. There's, a, there's like a Fortnite emote where you do a backflip and, like, land on your side and, like, put your hand on your head, and he did it twice easily. I'm like, this kid is so athletic. Like, he doesn't even know. <laughs> and I mean, I just hope Ladarius's story, um, just kind of coming up where he came up without the with the limited resources he had, you know, and the limited support, you know, just kind of with who he was, um, he overcame that with that ability and athleticism. And I just hope kind of that that sheds a light on that and and allows kids to kind of come up through him and have that uh, passion or ability to to step out and say, hey, I want to cheer, I want to go tumble, I want to be the best tumbler as he was. I mean. You know, Monica said that he was their best cheerleader, flat out. Like he had the hardest yeah. part in their routine, and I respect that. Oh man, look, and uh, you know there was 
Then he had a little confrontation. Uh, who was it with Allie yeah. early on? And um, you know, she just wasn't really. He felt like you know the people that were stepping on the mat with him wasn't matching his energy. And if you look at it uh, from a from a different perspective, you would think that it came off as as a sense of arrogance or over a sense of entitlement. But I don't believe that that was the case at all. I just felt like he was so passionate that he wanted everybody else to really meet him on that level too. And uh, I think we see that in a lot of different things, not just what we saw in that, in that right. Netflix docu- docu-series. I think we see it at, in, in sports and football. I think we see it, you know, in, in yeah. business and at home. And uh, sometimes, man, people just got to, you know, t- put their feelings to the side a little bit and just see it for what it is and, and really understand that there's people out here that really, you know, put their blood, sweat, and tears into everything that they're mm-hmm. that they're seeking. And uh, there's a lot of really good principles and life lessons in I it. I mean, on a deeper level, I think where Ladarius was coming from in that specific aspect, I mean, yeah. he he got it in chair like with limited resources, and I think Ali was a. And I could be wrong here; I didn't necessarily do the proper research, but I, from my understanding, he felt that way because Ali came up, you know, chairing all her life, yeah. having those resources, having those. You know, she was get she was like getting emotional after just not hitting something, where he was more like, "Let's do this, stop getting emotional. Like either we're gonna do it or we aren't. Like I I came out, I, I got this kind of out the mud. You've been doing this all your life, you know." And I think that was, I think that's where a lot of his frustration lay, lie. Um, but as you said, I mean, that stuff like that kind of just mirrors kind of society, right? Um, there's always going to be that yeah. person that doesn't necessarily, that got it a different way, got to their, you know, destination a different way, you know, than the next person or the next employee or there's one CEO that got, you know, maybe quote unquote handed his position rather than the CEO that, you know, mm-hmm. got it out of straight grinding door to door sales type of thing. So I mean I think that's 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 like a valuable lesson of, you know, just like life, like you said. Yeah, for sure. Well and you got a chance to to see uh Monica Aldama, the the head coach in action. Um and I know we're gonna discuss her, you know, her her tactics and her antics uh, here in a little bit and really just her her attitude and mindset. But you know, growing up, you know, what kind of coaches did you have uh, in Little League all the way up to you know, obviously, Wake Forest and beyond. <laughs> well, I mean, first of all, the coaches were tough, emotional. You know, I would say that tough love. Is, I mean, I got that at Pop Warner. I was throwing up at practice yeah. 9-10, you know, <laughs> getting, quote, unquote, punished uh, if we didn't do something wrong. Or, right. You know, we have to bear crawl 100 yards up a hill, down a hill, throw up. You got to keep going. There's no quitting, right? And, and <laughs> kind of yeah. going back, first of all, I want to put some respect on Monica's. Monica, like she, they, I mean, the, the, the places she's taken that program. And I was totally like ignorant to the fact that Navarro cheer was what they were before this, before watching that, like she needs to be in discussions with like Belichick, Saban. And, and you see some of those qualities in her personality, right? Yeah, you do. Um, And I just much respect to her, man, much respect. I think she definitely needs to be, you know, one of the greatest coaches I've ever seen in, in my, in my, in my life, honestly as far as championships and winning and the expectation and how she does it, how she goes about her business, that zero right. tolerance thing, you know, that does for kids, you know, especially at that point of their lives. But, but yeah, man, uh, I mean, that's just, just had to put that respect. Well, and you had mentioned, you had mentioned her, like, you know, more than just her being a coach, she was at, she's out there saving lives too, you know? I mean, you know, some of these kids do come from certain circumstances and situations where, which is so so unique about sports, man, and which which makes it so great is that, you know, fortunately, I, you know, I had my pops around to really help guide and, and steer me uh, in a direction that, that I needed to go in. Um, but so many times and so often, sometimes these coaches are the only discipline, the only structure that these kids will ever get and receive in their life. And if you can't be tough on them in that arena, then what do you think life's going to be to them? Exactly. Exactly. And I think, I mean, I personally feel like, like going back to that zero tolerance thing, Monica, she's passionate about that. She says like, and she said, like, if I let one person slide, like the next person coming up is going to think they should slide. Right. You know, and I think helping. So being that um, structure for these kids and that are coming from either. So, I mean, obviously, I'm not sure of the percentages of, of, of the kids that she quote unquote saved. Um, but the, the stories that Netflix allowed us to see, I mean, you could, you could see instantly how, how uh, instrumental Monica was to them as far as being a mother, 
but also mm-hmm. being that coach, that that structure figure as far as laying down the law. Like going back to the Ladarius, she benched Ladarius, knowing that he was their best player or best athlete. Yeah. Like for Jerry. So think about so on top of benching him, his spot was quote unquote taken by his roommate, one of his best friends. <laughs> right. So like what that's that's a lesson in itself. Like not only can your spot be taken, but it can be taken by someone close to you. Now, how are you reacting to that situation? How will you grow from that? And Ladarius obviously turned it around. I mean, you can't really be mad at Jerry, you know. No, no, no. <laughs> you know, but I mean, I mean, you just got to respect, you know, the lessons. I mean, the the beacon of light, you know, she was for a kid like like Lexi, you know, and uh, just kind of. I mean, unfortunately, Lexi still got kicked off the team, but she said she still thinks like. Before she does, I'm like, "Would this make Monica mad?" Like, yeah. think about stuff like that. What's what that's doing for a kid from Houston that didn't necessarily, you know, that's not maybe quote unquote not on the right path. Man, and you know, with Lexi, I mean, damn, such a natural talent. And it's funny because we over here talking about like we know him, but you almost feel like we do because you because you, you like you, you know. It. <laughs> I, I mean, no, nah, honestly, I feel like I do. Like I'm looking at their Instagrams, like kind of. I mean, my wife and I, you know, just kind of really got into it the day after we watched it. <laughs> as far as learning the kid right. and kind of learning what they're doing now. Well, they definitely got some IG clout, man. They climbed the ladders pretty quickly. So, you know, props to them. Oh, my God. I mean, Gabby yeah. had one point. Yeah. Well, Darius and John at 250. Jerry got about 500K. So, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's strong, you know. Made the fourth with them. Yeah. Yeah. Very strong. That could go into that that exactly, uh, that likeness exactly. conversation. Exactly, but no, man, like the, the cool part about <laughs> it is it's really seeing like over everything and through 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 whatever adversity, man, to see Jerry's optimism and, and, and positivity, man, I just I would love to spend some time with him and really get an understanding of why he is the way he is, man. Because I think it's, it's yeah. Come on, man. What? It's truly incredible, man. And and we talked right. we talked yesterday about the coffee bean. That's a literal example to me. Right. To me, that's all I could think about with Jerry. Like, you know, like the the circumstances around him didn't harden him. They didn't soften him. It's just he changed. He he literally changed the environment around him. Yeah, he's a he's a coffee bean. That's all he is. Every day, he said people rely on him because they to he may make their day better, whether he's going through something or not. Like his mom passed away to cancer. Like you see yeah. the love he got when he went back. Back home to to the uh, the team that he cheered on growing up, like it was man that kid man that's that's just he's he's a coffee bean he's just a beacon of light hope for kids you know going through anything just that positivity that that energy you know you hear a lot of people speak about energy now like he just has that 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 energy that that no matter what he's gonna lift lift people up around and it's it's so important like so even now like when I just go through my daily walk you know and I come across people. Like, you know, this morning, man, like, uh, <clears throat> I had a night out, man, so I wasn't really, wasn't feel, really feeling it today, man, went to church, went out to, to brunch and lunch and, you know, I had people coming up to me and I'm just like, man, I don't really feel like having a conversation with anybody, uh, not today, really. and, you know, they come up and, you know, okay, Taj, man, like, you're right. You're, you're one yeah, you know, and, and the thing off. is, it's like, at the end of the day, I always look at it, it's like what Michael Jordan said, right? He said, you know, every time he stepped on that court, he's going to give everything that he had because there's always going to be somebody in that room that's never seen him play play before. And so what is that impression that I'm going to leave on them? And that's kind of, you know, how I feel in that, in that sense too, as far as just having dialogue with people, it's man, like, I don't know what they're going through in their lives. I know I struggled at one point, man, and right. I still do, but you know, people, what they say, what they do, you know, how they make you feel when they, when, when you encounter somebody, I mean, all of those really have a direct, uh, relation back to you know how my day goes and how my week goes so you know, just try to be cognizant of yeah. that man and just try to love people and it sounds so simple man but it's you know you tell somebody man just try to take care of people and they're like you know they don't understand what that means and i think that, that jerry did all just of that despite exactly. what he had gone through man so it was it's magical to see man and i'm i'm proud of the guy you know and i hope he i hope he gets everything you want to and when he made matt i got it when he got when he got that offer man from from louisville that said he was accepting man i and I, I'm not an emotional guy. Like it's, it's hard for me to show emotion, but I got yeah. emotion. Like you just, you yeah. love to see that, <laughs> you know, just, just a kid that's been through what he's been through and he's always remained positive no matter what, 
whether he was on mat, whether he wasn't on mat, he was the same Jerry every single day. Like that's hard yeah. to do. Like the strongest people can't do that, right? A, a lot of people succumb to the pressure around him to, as far as either falling into a depression, thinking yeah. negatively. Like I didn't. I think throughout that entire docu series, I, I didn't see Jerry necessarily being negative no, at all. No. no negative. No negative conversations. It's always positive. Like I'll get him next time. You know, this is my. And his friends had to encourage yeah. him. Like, go ask Monica. Like, wh- you know why? He was he was content with that, and he was. I'm gonna still be Jerry. <laughs> The fact that he didn't make – spoiler alert for people that may have not seen it, but the fact that he didn't make Matt the second time originally, yeah. you know? I mean, that's – I mean, that's the story in itself, man. It's just try, try again, you know, just keep – and the thing is, like, sometimes, like, life can harden us to the point where we do we, – we change who we are, not realizing that once we change who we are, you know, still not going to get the, the results that we want. Because it's not true and it's not authentic, but regardless of it, man, he stayed who he was, man. And that's, you know, for a lot of these these kids that go through it. I mean, you know, we we you know, obviously you saw it and I saw it when you, you step on campus for the first time, and you know, you walk into that locker room as a freshman, and you got juniors and seniors who, you know, sometimes they give you, you know, the the appropriate amount of help and and, and encouragement and leadership and, and mentorship, and sometimes they don't at all. You know, exactly. You know, you're trying to take my job type deal. And, yep. you know, you always find those one, those guys, though, that's like, you know what? I'm going to be better because of it, too. So, although you're competing with me and trying to take my job, I'm still going to give you what I got. And, uh, right. man, you know that those people in life, despite what happens, whatever they succeed in sports or not, are going to find a way to be successful in something. And, um, yep. man, it's just so many life lessons and, and values that really come with all of that. Right, because I, and I feel like that just goes down to being, first of all, looking in the mirror, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it takes, I mean, that just takes mental. I mean, you just got to be a strong person to look in the mirror and say, "All right, either I'm going to compete or I'm not." Right. You know, either I have the resources or I'm going to find the resources, and then either I'm going to put it out on the field, as a football example, or, or I'm not. And then. It, I don't I'm going to blame things around me I'm going to look in the mirror again how can I change how can I improve you know and if your spots gets taken do you get hardened you know by that situation do you become a negative person or do you encourage that person in front of you yeah right because I've been through something like that right um and yeah I mean just speaking from experience like I had to look in the mirror yeah. when, I'm, when I made that transition to safety well and, so, and, and, and when that happened for you I mean, go. I want to go through the Wake Forest experience too. All right, so mm-hmm. you know, it's like where you're from, the, the the type of background, the reason that you were able to to advance in in your you know level of field, as opposed to while other kids did not and could not, mm-hmm. and you know what it was like when you stepped on campus for the first time at Wake. So, uh, coming out of Durham, uh, I was telling you, my, me and my best friend TC, we we. We're both four stars. I, I wasn't a four star until like the Shrine Bowl game. So like, yeah, um, I was a three star kind of throughout my recruitment process. But getting offers from everywhere, like Oregon, yeah, you know all the big schools. You know, I got Michigan, you know Tennessee, Ole Miss. Uh, but nonetheless, I, I wanted to be close to home, but not too far. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I want to be far from home, but not too close to home. So I, I chose Wake. Um, and it was a smaller school, so I was – so coming out of high school, I mean, my grades were amazing. I feel like that's why schools didn't have, uh, you know, a problem getting me an offer because they know I'd be successful. I'd be able to stay eligible. Um, so coming in, four-star, highly recruited, da-da-da, this, that, and the third. Right. Um, I'm coming in with a confidence. It may have been a false confidence, honestly, now that I think about it. Um, but I'm back at the bottom. You know, that's first of all, you, you're struck when that happens. It's like a culture shock, like, whoa. <laughs> Like, I'm not the best. I'm not the – I can't just cover everybody, make plays and talk junk like I typically used to. You know what I'm saying? And and these guys, I'm, I'm going against seniors. I'm going against Chris Givens. I'm going against Camp. I'm going against, you know, just a, a bunch of different guys that have, first of all, already been in the system, you know, mm-hmm. that already know what's going on, that have chemistry with possibly a quarterback they've played with already, uh, and then kind of know the speed and everything of the college game, right? So I come in, uh, but me, Bud, and KJ, um, Bud, my roommate, Kevin, you know, me and KJ still tight. Um, I think what happened. Uh, Bart redshirted. I played on and off, started a couple games. Um, had my had bumps, had bumps along the way, made a couple plays. Um, and then sophomore year, Bud came, freshman All-American, my roommate. 
right? Started over me. Yeah. I'm I moved to the nickel now. But one thing I never did, I always encourage, but right. And and Kevin, Kevin played Kevin actually registered his sophomore year. Um, but nonetheless, I encourage, but so I, I basically got benched. I mean, I, I still play nickel, but um, and that's my roommate, and that's a tough situation to to look at. But I've never so the, in a lot of those situations, I mean nowadays kids are just transferring. That's a whole nother conversation. But <laughs> in uh in that situation, I that is a conversation, no, for sure. <laughs> that's a that's a totally different conversation, right? I, I mean honestly today that's probably the smart thing to do if you feel like you know i mean if i had a i had a redshirt year too but nonetheless i never hated on bud that was my best friend like throughout my college career like he still is my best mm-hmm. friend you know what i'm saying and and i encouraged him i taught him everything i knew that i learned from that true freshman year he was a freshman all-american and uh it kind of went from there and i made a transition to safety uh made some plays there got a, a conference one year um didn't necessarily go to the league didn't get that opportunity and i feel like um, that's just kind of my story as far as it just, man, I'm sorry if you can hear that snoring, my dog snoring behind me, but, uh, <laughs> no, no, uh no, but, no. uh, nonetheless, I didn't make it to the NFL. Um, and I just feel like that's a part of my plan for, from God. Right. Yeah. Um, well, and, and what did you feel like? Cause I mean, the, the cool part is, is, is just being cognizant of, of mm-hmm. your situation. Right. What have you noticed in your transition from sports to business that the commonalities that are there or the things that separate you from one person? So to the next? I would say, man, sport. So first of all, I feel like all employers should consider hiring former athletes um, simply because, mm-hmm. first of all, they're used to structure. You're not going to have to worry about them being late or being having a bad attitude in the morning. Like we're used to working at work 4 a.m., 5 a.m. mat workouts. You know what I'm saying? And right. and so from that aspect, structure, um, the ability to, you know, abide by leadership and, and rule. Um, and then that competitive nature. So I'm in a I'm in sales, I mean, I'm in IT staffing, so it's kind of sales. Um, and I've been doing that since I graduated, yeah, but yeah. nonetheless, and I'm good at it because first of all, I can so that communication aspect, right? I was a safety. You're the you're the quarterback of the defense. You have to be able to communicate on the fly. Right. And personally, my personality, I can talk to a wall. Like, I feel like I can talk to anybody, but nonetheless, right. um, communication is important as, as well as, like I said, the ability to, to, to be successful under a highly structural environment. Right. I mean, you think about our, our schedules, they were written for us every single day to the, to the hour, to the hour. Every right. Day. Um, and yeah, making that transition to business, the only thing that I had to get used to was like just sitting in one spot all day. <laughs> um, but outside of like, yeah. I feel like I have most success because I, first of all, I don't have an issue communicating with anybody. And then uh, my, my will to win and my, the, the, the fact that I'm driven by winning. And I mean, I've just been that way throughout my entire life because I played sports. Like that's my goal every day is to win. And I can apply that to my life. Yeah. No, I, uh, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it and not, I'm so thankful that, that, you know, you can look back on the time of, of, of playing and, and realize, you know, what it means going forward and really just, uh, the idea of, of it all t- together, man. Like I was in, um, you know, this one industry, man, and, you know, we were working on this account mm-hmm. and we didn't get it, you know, and. I mean, it's one of those things where, like, you know, you're working on it for six, seven months. And, I mean, I go through it every every day now in real estate, man. Like, it's, it's guys that I think are on a bubble, and I'm, I'm so close to to really getting them to, to, to sign a contract. And last minute, man, the thing falls through. And, you know, for a minute, you sit there, and you're just like, damn. You know, there's a lot of work to put in to, to not really get the reward from it. But, man, when you do get that W, it feels so special. But, really, yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, rallying. Learning from you know, it. That's the, I mean, that's the big thing is – is you know when you, when you do get that setback. I mean, this you know how we get back up and all we've ever sports, done. Man. Think about somebody done, scoring you know? throw a pick, right? I mean, there could have yeah. there could have been factors that played into that that were out of your control, but nonetheless, it happened to you and you got to overcome it somehow. So, so are you going to overcome it or are you going to fold? Or are you going right. to quit? Right? And that's just I mean that's just the life of an athlete. And I feel like to have that mental toughness. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I heard you mind of a maniac. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. I mean, you kind of got to be that way. <laughs> you got to have that mental toughness yeah. that that a lot. Of, I mean, just people think about the people that aren't athletes that may have think like going back to chair like Allie. Like she doesn't necessarily know what failure mm-hmm. looks like. I mean, she may have like not won a championship before, but like she doesn't know maybe not making a yeah. team or she probably never not been selected to like a match situation. And I, I mean, I could be totally wrong, but just, just using that as an example, like we know what failure feels like. I know what I personally know what failure yeah. feels like. Like I didn't make it like I played football all my life and I wanted to make it to the NFL and I didn't. And, and after that happened, like mm-hmm. I was in, I was in a, I was in a spot where I was, my back was against the wall. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Right. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I jumped into the business world, made a, a smooth transition. Actually, it wasn't smooth. I made it. I made. I just made a transition because my back. I had bills to be paid. <laughs> I had bills that would do, man. And I, I just took what I learned, took my personality, and uh, mm-hmm. it's funny. My my original, my first boss at my company. Now he was a. He used to be a a, a, a strength coordinator, strength trainer at UGA. So he brought me in, and and my CEOs are from Wake. Yeah. Um, he brought me in and, and I was in there like straight off the football field, man, rough around the edges, slumped in my seat. Like I'm sitting in class, you know? Um, and he taught me kind of, first of all, be presentable, just what business acumen was kind of took me under my, under his wing and told me like, you know, have, how to have professional conversations, how to speak up, how to get what you need out of people as far as information and all that different type of stuff, man. And. I, what? But my my fundamentals came from sports, you know. Yeah. Well, man, you know everybody talks about. Like I, I look at the American dream in, in this different sense of, of you know, what was explained to us as kids, and I mean, what it is for me is really just a story mm-hmm. of, of, of triumph, right? It's, you know, your back's against the wall, man. You you failed, you failed, you yep. failed, and you know you win. And you know, so I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm having dinner one night, and this this guy, he's in real estate development, and he talks about how in the downturn, all his his money was tied up into new construction, and you know, obviously when the banks failed, you know, people failed. I mean, if banks right. can't loan the money, and all your money's tied up in it, where does the money come from? So dried up. And, Pretty much, he uh, he said he lost everything. He said all his money. He was like, you know, I had, you know, twenty, thirty million tied up into into to, to construction and development, and it was all gone. And he was like, you know, his wife divorced him, and you know, he was living in this four hundred square foot apartment, and you know, he thought about committing suicide and all type of stuff, you know. And then uh, he was like, man, it just he was like, what came next was he was like, was surprising because. He was like, when I was at my at my worst, and I had limited resources, is when I found myself. And he was like, man, I was able to, to really connect with God on a different level, to really see what was important and what mattered. And man, this guy's climbed back to the top. And so to me, that's the American dream. It's yeah, you know what happens when all fails legitimately, and, and where do you go next from that? And. uh I mean, it's important, man. It's it's important life lesson to learn very early on, and the earlier you learn it, the better off you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but some people never really go through that, and so they they get they happen to them for the first time at forty five, fifty years old, and it's so damn confusing to them that they don't really know how to take those steps forward. And you know, everything the whole the whole ceiling falls from underneath them. You know what I'm saying? So it just becomes this whole thing. But man, I think we got some really good life lessons early on, man, that are going to be you know, huge, huge payoffs for us later on. So for sure. I mean, just, it's, it, it strengthened us mentally. It strengthened us fundamentally. Um, and I just think going through such significant failures, honestly, yeah. early on, you know, have, have def- could definitely groom us to become men, father, uh, you know, businessmen, successful men, father and businessmen, man. So well, along those lines of sports, man, you know, we got, Pretty, um, you know, I think it's gonna be a damn good Super Bowl. You know, I haven't really seen. You know, I haven't really been excited about a Super Bowl in a while. And you know, with the with the Chiefs, what they bring to the table, 
what we know from San Francisco. Yeah, and I can I can honestly say that I didn't expect Debo Samuel to do what he's been doing. I mean, the guy looks like a vet. He's only – I guess it might be a rookie. He does. Maybe second year. Either way, though, he's young, man. He's doing a damn thing out there. But um, that's his first year. Is it his rookie year? Yes, yeah, his rookie yeah. year, man. He's looking like – he's an impact guy for that offense. I mean, think about Shanahan yeah. and his offense. He, he typically has an impact. I mean, obviously he does everything to that zone run, but being an impact guy for that offense for – Honestly, I feel it. First of all, I feel like Jimmy Jimmy G is somewhat limited. Yeah, um, so being that guy, yeah, being that guy for Jimmy, uh, just being able to catch a a yard curl route or a reverse or something like that and turn it into twenty five. That's 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 just keeping a guy like Shanahan on pace, you know, on track. The fact that um, they can run so many reverses and it still works is mind boggling to me. Me too. And in the rounds, I'm like, what? This, this just because. When you think about the NFL, that stuff typically never works just because right. everybody knows their job and everybody's doing their job at all times. And so I think it's all predicated on the fact that they're running the ball so well, seven yards a pop. Yeah. You show that zone run front side and then come around the, the back end with Debo on a reverse, um, you're bound to get, you know, 15, 18 yards minimum. And then on the flip side – First of all, they're playing with home field advantage. Yeah. Um, and then their defense is playing at such a high level. Um, it's just, I mean, first of all, I, I just hope this game is more points than twelve to three. Has it has it been a better defense in the NFL over the last few years? I can't remember one that was so that was so dominant, man. I mean, I wouldn't. <sighs> you think about you go back to Vaughn, Tlaib, Chris Harris Jr. Mm. You know that 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 Denver defense, and then you go back to Seattle, Legion of Boom with with the, yeah the Legion of Boom. I mean, those are the the dominant defenses. I'm thinking. I mean, that Denver defense got got Peyton to where they were. Oh man! Got, look, I mean, all, all you do is get Peyton there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, nah. I I feel like the league. This is the best situation for the league, because um, the Packers weren't consistent. Mm-hmm. They they seem like frauds all year. Um. This is the best situation for the league as far as marketability. You got a, an elite defense versus the most explosive offense I've ever seen in my life. For sure. Easily. Yeah. You just got weapons everywhere. Um, yeah, I'm excited for a big game. And I, I personally think Kansas City's going to win. I'm, I'm an Eagles fan, so I got to bias Andy Reid. I want Andy Reid to get one. Um, yeah. But I want to see my homes be my homes. I don't think, and I personally think, Defense wins championships, but I don't think. I mean, this this offense is just something we've never seen before. But that's the, that's the kicker. It's like, uh, I mean, watching that Texans game, Texans Chiefs, and, and like I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at Twitter, go crazy. I'm like, damn. I, don't, I mean, obviously, when, when Texans were up twenty four nothing, and I'm like, look, I wouldn't be able, to, I wouldn't get you know too excited just yet. You know, we gotta put I mean, I'm not gonna there. lie. I thought it was. I'm like, man, what Andy Reid do to the football guys, man? Like, what does he do to deserve this? <laughs> I, well, and I and that, was the, that was the problem. That's why I wasn't so so secure in, in Houston winning because it wasn't like they were actually stopping them more than Kansas City was hurting themselves. It was, mm-hmm. you know, third down drops, you know, drive after drive after drive. Dropping punts. The, the drop, the punt, the, drop the, 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 the punt, man, and the fumble for a touchdown. Like, I'm like, damn, they're self-destructing. Mm-hmm. And, but that's where we saw Patrick Mahomes be great, man. And, mm. He got back and he got collected, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Oh, they were he's, winning. He's, they started you know, winning. They were winning before halftime. 20, 28 points in one quarter. <laughs> Man, <laughs> the NFL wants that to happen. They want. Yeah. They want to see fireworks. And I personally, I'm not going to get into all the Richard Sherman best cornerback, all this, but I don't think, I don't think they have the corners. They just got to stop that yeah. pass rush. If they stop that pass rush, they'll. They'll blow, they'll blow them out. I personally think they'll blow yeah. the, San, the, the, the 49ers out. Because I don't think Jimmy – I also don't think Jimmy G is a shootout guy. Right. No, not at all. They also don't have the shootout weapons. I mean, I would, I would love to see Deshaun play with, you know, a defense as loaded as San Francisco. Man. I'll tell you that. Texans haven't done – I mean, they haven't done them any justice at all. That's, that's frustrating. That's yeah. just frustrating because, you know, I was – Kind of a Texans fan for a while, just cheering on Kevin going out there every uh, every season, um, yeah. And just seeing man, the the potential is always there. I mean, you got Bill O'Brien; he's a great offensive mind. 
Deshaun is out there yeah. doing it by himself, trying to will them to victory. I mean, on, on, and on paper, you look at some of the players and you're like, yeah, these right. are contenders. I just don't understand you know? why they can't put it together. <laughs> it's, it's baffling <laughs> to me. Like, you come out, jump out 24 to nothing, and then 28 straight? Come on, man. Like, what? Like it's the league. Like, yeah. stuff like that just shouldn't be happening in the NFL. Like, with that, I mean, that's what that's yeah. what you would think. That's what you would hope. Yeah. It should. I mean, it shouldn't happen, like, at all. You know, the fact that it did, the fact that they act yeah. like it was high school or college, just, I'm like, that's dumb. In the yeah, playoffs, you should be able to close, silly, a, you know? close a game up 24-0. <laughs> in, in the NFL playoffs, <laughs> you should be able to close that game out. Get out of there healthy and just get to the next right. today as the AFC Championship game. But I think it comes down to, wow, to coaching. Um, and then that defense that, that Romeo Cornell runs is – it just it just has guys acceptable out there to get me. That's just what it is. But nonetheless, like I said, I think what was what'd you say? Oh no, 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 I was talking about uh what was the last game? Who did who did the Chiefs play, bro? Tennessee? Um, before this one. Tennessee. Tennessee got my homes out here running damn Verse spinning. I'm looking like Vic. Looking people scoring touchdowns. Oh my gosh, bro. So you got them doing it at this one. down the sideline. Right, and then think about this: they were playing in Kansas City. It was like 15 degrees out there. They going to Miami. <laughs> Tyree Hill is gonna be out there sprinting, man. Right, <laughs> no conditions in the Miami Heat right. in February. And Richard Sherman ain't good. and Travis Kelsey can catch a normal football because you know those footballs oh are cold, God. man. Some things expand a little bit, man. And this the it feels cold, like brick. The cold is, hands, you know. It's, it's treacherous to play. It hurts. It hurts tackling people. I hit my finger like on a face mask and I felt like it was broke. <laughs> like it just, everything hurts worse when it's cold like that, you know? Yeah. And they're going to be in Miami and Richard Sherman let Devontae yeah. Adams run past him. I would hate to see what Tyreek Hill do. Adam's not necessarily a speed guy. You know? How, how, does, how does a guy... In a league full of speed, make everybody look slow. It really right. is, and like, and like, and people are saying like, "Well, how does how do you let the Chiefs get to the point where they're that fast?" And they're like, "Well, they did. They drafted them. You had an opportunity to do that too, and you got other free agents. Sammy. Mm-hmm. They, they got Sammy. You know, brought in like teams like Andy Reid is is Mastermind, a damn master, man. Think about what he had with Philly. Know? He had Jeremy Macklin." Right. Sean McCoy going crazy, Sean. And, he, and Andy Reid don't even like running the ball. Right. He had Deshaun Jackson, right. man. So now he got even more weapons. He got Travis Kelsey, and and it's so McCoy, McCoy Hartman. And I feel like they drafted McCoy Hartman because they didn't even know if Tyreek Hill was going to be in the league. So they let him right. draft another right. fast guy, and he just is. Just as effective as, as Tyreek Hill as far as speed and, and kind of what he can do in space, running through your zone, running past guys, returning punts, just just being an explosive piece. And honestly, thing I hope I hope the Eagles follow that model, you know, being biased. But <laughs> speed is speed. You just can't coach speed. I mean, that's just kind of a lesson throughout football. All sports, actually, you can't coach speed. And it's nothing but an advantage no. for offenses. I hope you get an explosive Super Bowl. I hope you get a – I don't necessarily want to see a 50 to 60 Super Bowl, but I want to see a 30 to 20 at least, you know. <laughs> but I I, right. I I just don't think Timmy G's the guy to put up 35. He definitely can't put up 24 in one quarter. 28. No. Jimmy, Jimmy's, Jimmy's solid, you know. But he's not, he's not a game changer. Right, you know? solid. Exactly. That's exactly what I was. He's he's solid. He's a guy. I mean, honestly, don't. I mean, I, he's similar to Kirk to a Kirk Cousin, but I feel like Kirk Cousins is more explosive than Jimmy G. Yeah. Well, that's because Kirk, man, he'll go on spurts where nothing happens, and then next thing, up, boom, right? Go out there, he twelve for twelve, two hundred twenty-five yards, yep. five touchdowns. Damn, Kirk. But lately, Jimmy G has just not had to mess it up. Like, just don't turn the ball no. up. Right. Hand about a moster. What a story there. Got cuts. Yeah, I don't know where did he go from? Because he's he's a damn superstar too, man. I mean, I, it's funny because I saw him a couple years ago, and I thought he he got like three touches, and I was like, all right, 
I picked him up on my fantasy team because I think there was like an injury or something. And I was like, let me see. I mean, I just thought. Is he P-Squad guy? I mean, he got cut seven times. <laughs> Chip Chip yeah. Kelly actually drafted him. I mean, not drafted him, uh, signed him like at an undrafted free agency. He was with the Eagles originally, got cut from like the Browns and all that. And he got cut like seven times. And now he's stuck with the 49ers. And he's he finally got his opportunity. And he's nice. Yeah. Nice in that scheme. And, and Tevin Coleman just got hurt, who I thought was, I mean, I, somebody's going to trade for one of those backs. We're talking about dependable. Man, look, when when Tevin was at the Falcons, man, like, and I, I ain't know if I could count on D free. Tevin Coleman always came in the clutch, bro. Yes, he did. Always came in the clutch. Man, he did. And I like I like his running style. I mean, he hits the holes with speed Um, after he picks his hole. And, you know, he, he's not necessarily a dancing guy. Um, But, Damn, what he did, yeah, what he was doing with Shanahan in Atlanta. Shanahan was his coach then, yeah. so Shanahan knew. Um, but yeah, they got three backs that are capable. Now, if Kansas City can't stop the run, they're gonna be in trouble. Cause that's yeah. just more less time that that Mahomes will have the ball. Right. But if they, they well, that's what you gotta do. You gotta be able to score points, and you gotta be able to sit sit on the lead, squat on the ball. And that's what I thought that Tennessee was going to be able to do, but they can never really get Derrick Henry. They gave going. up too early, too, though. I feel like yeah. they were only down four, and they started put they put the ball in Tannehill's hands, which is I mean he was playing well. I mean, you basically got to become you basically got to become Georgia Tech out there back when Paul Johnson was coaching. <laughs> oh yeah, against Kansas City, you get the lead. Yeah, you got to go for it on yeah. fourth and shorts. Keep the clock running. <laughs> Just keep the clock right. running. Just keep the ball away from. That's sick. That's sick. I'm, I'm, how stressful is that? I mean, how stressful is that to be like, hey, man, like, hey, we might score 31 points, but it might not be enough. So, you know, we have to get the lead. And, yeah. you know, that's, that's that's sick going through game prep all week, yeah. man. It's like, man. 28 no. not going to be enough. And, and and I mean, you think about it, their defense is capable of making making a play, scoring. Yeah. Making a scoring play. You, you, this type of game, you need your defense, special teams to make a big play. Because you can get points off momentum too. Like I don't I feel like the average fan doesn't understand how yeah. how important momentum is. Like momentum isn't just like something you see, it's something you like the players feel. Oh, bro, it changes everything. Hell, we played I remember we played um all right, so I got two examples, both against Florida State. All right. Uh sophomore year. We're we're up by Mm-hmm. Maybe 14, 17, somewhere around that range. And our reverse spin. Um, Christian Jones coming off the edge. Our reverse spin, get out of there. I try to throw the ball away off, uh, as I'm falling, mm-hmm. tumbling forward. The ball slips out of my hand. John Warner picks it up, scores, touchdown. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, it changed everything. Like, and I was like, damn. So now, so now you come back and I go to the line of scrimmage and, and there's the rejuvenated defense Man. over there, new life. You know, mm-hmm. they're smiling. They got a glare in their eyes, and they're, they're pinning their ears back, and you're like, yeah, you got to figure out a way to, to weather this right here because you don't want them to get too excited, too comfortable. And then my senior year, we played Florida State, and um, yeah, first play of the game, I throw a hitch to my tight end. He gets stripped, ball fumbled. Next play, James Winston drops back, throws a fade up to Kelvin Benjamin, touchdown, and it felt like all the air was out of the room just because of how hyped the game was. It was like number five versus number three. And then I felt like we lost the game right there, which is so crazy because you got four quarters to play, but that momentum was so heavy. Right. It was just hard to get it back. First three plays. Right. It's hard, man. It's hard. It could be one play. Either suck the air out of the, like you said, suck the air out of the stadium, man, or have the stadium going crazy. Right. And then that – think about what that does for the poor defense. I feel like it's – you got guys doing stuff they never done before. <laughs> <laughs> for real. For real. Wow. Hey, uh, transfer portal. Matter of fact, let's talk about bowl games. Did you ever think that we would get to the point where traditional bowl games didn't matter anymore? Um, no, I I never. So I I got two opinions on these on this. Yeah. First of all, no, I didn't think that. Second of all, the fact that they've made they place such emphasis on obviously the new um like the, the playoffs that it, it, it minimizes like your Rose bowl. Yeah. Or, you know, like your orange, Bowl. like, I don't even think I watched the orange bowl this year. No, like, no. you know, yeah. like 
and those are per- prominent, like typically like your prominent bowls for sure that generated a lot of revenue, obviously. But and then that just makes if those aren't big, your damn Tostitos some bowl not even <laughs> thought about that's played on a Tuesday at noon. Right. You know, that's, they don't stand a chance, right? right? But no, I mean, I. Well, I, the thing, the reason I, I like bowl games is because the kids get a, an opportunity to get go to another town and have fun. Yeah, um, bowl gifts are dope. You know that. Yeah, bowl gifts are dope. But, but are they? <laughs> Not really. Like, Not the ones I had. And I mean, well, no, yeah, the ones you had, yeah. But in the grand scheme, like as much money as y'all generated for that bowl game, like was a TV, was a forty-inch TV really worth what you bought to that stadium that that weekend? Well, and back back when the BCS system was in in play, um, the way it worked is like we had a let's see, we had how many points? We had eight points that we could use technically. We go to this gift room, and the eight points being you could get um, like a recliner, like a little lazy boy. Mm-hmm. We can get a TV or something like that. And that was that was worth eight points. Or you can go and I think one year I was like, you know what, I'm gonna be smart and I'm gonna ration up my points and divvy it up, which actually wasn't smart at all because I ended up not using any of it. So I got <laughs> a blender, like a magic bullet, and uh, which is actually, I mean, I, you know, I got one now. I think they're great. Yeah, yeah. now it's great. Yeah, exactly. First, time, of all, like, first of all, you got one on campus already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can go to the, to the strength <laughs> trainer. And get exactly. A, you know, nutrition department get a smoothie anytime you want. Yep. And then I got. A remote control airplane. Don't know what happened to that. And then I got an acoustic <laughs> guitar. And the acoustic guitar I got on YouTube for like two days. And then that guitar has been looking at me ever since. <laughs> that was good. So, yeah. Then so- we played them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, it's like, it, it is what it is. Like, uh, the sweatsuits and stuff are cool. But, I mean, that's just. Or, like, would you rather have the cash? So, what? Like, or would you rather have the cash? Oh, easily. Easily the cash. Exactly. And the crazy part is, like, if you sell it. If you sell the gift, it's a damn, it's a, it's a, whatever it is, you know, it's not a fine, but it's a, it's against the rules. Right. You know? Oh, it's World War III. We it's got, like, it's, it's, oh my God, like you and. I mean, you ESPN got players getting suspended. Like, exactly. You know, we, we played in the ACC championship game and, you know, as a, as a gift for playing in the championship game, they gave us NCAA, like a copy of that. Mm-hmm. And if you were to sell it, then you were going to get in trouble. I'm like, well, what if a guy doesn't play video games? <laughs> right. Give it away. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I'm on the game. Like, right, you know? <laughs> like, what? So you telling me I can't make money off this game that you put me on that you didn't have my permission or you didn't give me an opportunity to have no say and I can't make money off of it, but you can? Like, right. come on. Like, so so my, my that's my thing about bowl games. Like, I, I appreciate them for what they are as far as, you know, two teams coming together in the city. You know, like, like we went to Nashville. Like, it was a great time. Like, we got to, you know, it's not necessarily like, it's less than a it's 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 not like the ACC championship or anything. It's, it's it's less than a championship. It's it's kind of like a game, like an all star game type of thing, as far as the vibe yeah. around it, right? You you go on to banquets and having fun. You know, you get a stipend, you get a curfew, you get to go out and have fun with your teammates. It's kind of like the last who ride, you know, especially with the seniors. Um, and then but but playing in like I'm sure the Rose Bowl is totally different or the Orange Bowl. But then you also think about how much money that bowl games itself is generating versus the gifts y'all get. It's probably 0.1% of the revenue that they're using. For sure. So is that really fair? You know what I'm saying? Then they get mad at a kid that's sitting out that's going to be a top five pick. <laughs> like, this game holds <laughs> no significance. Like, everybody in the world knows I'm going to be a top five pick. Like, why are you getting mad at Christian McCaffrey? Yeah. I, and it's crazy. It's like my – my opinions on that has changed over the years. Like when I, when I first, I'm not going to lie to you. I think it was just, you know, the culture that I was embedded in. It's like, you turn your back mm-hmm. on your guys and then you start looking at it in a big sense. And you're like, you know what? Damn, he made a business right. decision just now. Period. I mean, that game is going to get him drafted no higher. Now, granted, you know, you work with these guys, mm-hmm. you play with these guys, but at the same time, I'm sure that they will also understand what's exactly. at stake too, if you were to go out there. And, get it. and that's, so, it's crazy. Cause that's, yeah. It's it's crazy because like you play the whole season and that's the only moment you actually care about getting hurt. Like, yeah, it is. <laughs> like, <laughs> like whether you like it or not, yeah, this game is is pointless. Honestly, right. Um, but yeah, well, because the bowl games are now becoming like an extension of spring practice. Mm-hmm. It's 
you know, the guys who didn't get – which is which is cool now with these guys who can play four games and um, not count towards yeah. their red shirt year. I thought that was awesome because it's hard to replicate that really experience is. in practice. I mean, just it just doesn't work. But, you know, the fact that they can do that now, like, and uh, have those extended times of bowl practice and get a chance to play the bowl games, I think is, is very huge. And it's huge for the momentum going into yeah. the offseason as well, you know, that, that picked me up. For sure. So. 100%. I like that. I, I I like that aspect of, you know, like you said, getting them getting that for those four games. I wish I would have got that, actually. That's dope. But, you know, shit. I mean, the national the playoffs now just make everything else kind of irrelevant to a degree. I mean, outside of bookies, mm-hmm. the sports betting over others, you know, and I don't really get into all of that just because, you know, in my mind, like, I pick right. But the moment I put every something time, down, every time, wrong. no matter I'm how like, much, yeah. I feel like I'm at a disadvantage because I know so much. I've, I bet occasionally, like, right. I'm, I'm, I never win. <laughs> For real, I, I probably got like a 25% winning average online betting. It's horrible. Um, but yeah, man, I, I wow. think I think the state of college football is heading trending in the right direction. Um, but man, one thing I do wish I could change is that college football will have that Thursday night bet. Is that that you want them to have Thursday nights back? Yeah, I want I want college Thursday nights to be a college football night again. Yeah, because that Thursday night ESPN game was used to be live. Yeah, you know, and now yeah. it's kind of to over switched over to the NFL night. Who y'all who y'all play on Thursday night? We play y'all on Thursday. Night? We played y'all on a Thursday night. We played y'all, bro, and it was like uh, like no, I smoked this. Yeah, it was yeah, it was Halloween because I I remember yeah, we, it was like we were wearing pink and shit. Yeah. Sammy, but, Sammy. but yeah, we played all on a Thursday night. I mean, no Thursday night game. I mean, I remember we played Boston College on a Thursday night one time. We had white, like wore white helmets and all that. It was it was tight. And that night, I feel like you'll you'll get like a big like a V Tech Clemson game. You know, V Tech come out like wearing all white. Y'all come out wearing purple jerseys. You know what I'm saying? Like those games, man. I think I think they should definitely give that back to college. All right, so the podcast uh, just got cut off we just got word that uh kobe bryant has passed away in a helicopter crash um, you know that's, that's tough news man because of who he was and, and what his legacy meant and how he impacted all of us um in our walk in life so uh, may god help his family find the strength to continue and uh my condolences to his family see you next time